Welcome to I Have Issues. I'm Lucifer Storm, and I've got one very quick question for you. How are you? How the devil art thou? Hopefully, you're all keeping well and keeping safe. Now, before I bring my guest on, I just want to remind you guys that I do have an Indiegogo campaign uh, for Lady Satan, an angel in a killer's dress, my forthcoming 130-plus page outlaw graphic novel. It is fully funded. We are now in demand, and we've already hit that first stretch goal, and I would love it if we could hit the second stretch goal soon. That would be fantastic. And let me tell you, I've already had some of the backer perks coming through. In fact, I just had today these lovely stickers turn up, which is absolutely fantastic. And we've also had these 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 lovely A4 prints turn up with a nice soft touch laminate. And there's going to be more backer perks turning up tomorrow, which is great. Before you know it, I'll have all the backer perks here and I'll still be working on the book. But it's OK, because July, you will be able to have that book in your hands. However, there is another Indiegogo campaign going on that I'd like to let you know about. It's called The Ace, and it looks absolutely fantastic. And we have the creator of this campaign joining us tonight. So could you please welcome to I Have Issues, Edwin Esvido. Edwin, how the devil art thou good, sir? I'm doing great. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad, man. Just surviving, just just doing my thing, waking up, working on the book, and then eventually going to sleep at some point. <laughs> yeah, that's the life. That's the life of uh, the creator uh, these days. <laughs> yeah, oh, I can't knock it, man. Can't knock it whatsoever. It's it, it's a lot of fun at the end of the day. Although I will admit, I am looking forward to the weekend where I can have a, a day or two off and then get back to it again. Oh, yeah, you got you to gotta give yourself a, a day or two to just kind of breathe but yeah. oh yes absolutely man absolutely and we've already got zachary in the chat who says hey hey people so we'll be checking the chat throughout this uh conversation that we're gonna have now edwin the the first thing that i always ask everyone who comes onto this channel is what i'm gonna ask you right now where does your comic book journey begin as both a fan and a creator uh, as a fan, uh, I basically uh, discovered comics early on after I came to the States from Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, they, they, uh, we had this little like uh, like corner liquor store kind of place. They used to have a nice spinner yeah. rack. It used to be like Marvel Comics and stuff. So, nice. you know, one day I was there with my, uh, with my mom and, you know, taking a look while she was shopping. And I took a look at the spinner rack and I saw Spider-Man. You know, I knew Spider-Man from like the Atari uh, game and stuff. So, you yeah. know, uh, I, I, was, I barely could even like read any English or anything and just picked it up because it looked cool. I just like the, I think it was like the foes of Spider-Man number four. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. So that was like the first one. And then after that, I was hooked, man. Like, uh, you know, yeah, I think it really kind of, it really kind of helped me uh, facilitate my kind of like reading and, and uh, speaking in English because, I remember like when I first came, I was taking bilingual classes and stuff and I wasn't okay. really learning much. But then like, I think the next year, like I just wanted to like figure out what was going on in these books. So I just went to like all English classes. <laughs> so I just kind of forced <laughs> myself to kind of like, but I was able to pick it up pretty good. And then I got hooked, you know, next issue I picked up was like an issue of X-Men. I think it was uh, Uncanny X-Men 283. Nice. I was a uh, Bishop and Storm on the cover. And I was like, just blown away by the art. Will Sportatio, just amazing stuff, man. And that just like really, hooked me and you know basically i've been collecting ever since there was like a four or five year gap in like 2000 to like 2005 ish yeah i kind of just kind of broke away from comics but then i got hooked back again with green lantern rebirth so oh yeah, nice. basically been just like a collector most of my life man. now you know as long as i remember like reading and stuff like i've been reading comics Oh, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. In the chat, we have Pancho who says, Holo guapos. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. <laughs> we also have Bree who says, Good evening. How is everyone doing? And Zach says, I have to wait an hour for my favorite question. I'm tired of being oppressed by Lucifer. Oh, you say that. You say that, Zachary, but you keep coming back for more. You love me, really. I know you do, and I love you too. Uh, we also have uh, Comics Talk with Pops Van Sun, who says, You talking up my group. How dare you? I'm so confused. <laughs> <laughs> It's great to have all of you guys here. So, 
tell us about your current project, The Ace, because uh, as you were mentioning before we went live, uh, you launched this campaign uh, a couple of weeks back, kind of the end of uh, the end of January, and you're already fully funded, which is absolutely fantastic. And you've still got a few days to go before the end of the campaign. So, yes, please give us your pitch. Tell us the story. Yeah, so uh, the Ace Volume 1 is a story of uh, young David Diaz. Uh, he just turned 21 years old. He's out of college. He's working a regular job. He's kind of trying to figure out what he wants to do with his life. You know, he's trying to figure out, you know, what, where his purpose lies. You know, he feels yeah. there's more out there for him than kind of just working this regular job. But he doesn't really know kind of where to proceed. And then, you know, by happenstance, one day uh, he sees this shooting star crash land in a park nearby. And he goes to find the wreckage and what he discovers there uh, gives him the ability to transform into this armored being, which he calls the Ace. And uh, volume one basically takes place six months after he's found the armor when uh, this giant bounty hunter shark alien shows up at his front door looking to take the armor for himself. And that's kind of like the main uh, story of uh, the Ace volume one. Fantastic. You said giant shark bounty hunter. I'm in. I'm yes. sold just like that and i think most people will be as well and the art looks absolutely fantastic who's your artist on this project uh the main artist is uh, by canalis he's done iron sights he's done abductables tons of like cg books cool. uh yeah so i have uh an epilogue story by swings from oddity and then i have a, a four-page origin story by how comics he did uh the lost pages uh story he did the masquerade and then obviously I have the badass cover by Donald DeLay and uh, Theo Gonzalez from Brutus. Uh, really kind of captures everything uh, in the book right there, that, that one. That image is just spectacular. Absolutely yeah. spectacular. I, I, I'm willing to bet that most people see that image alone and they're just like, yeah, I'm in. Please take my money. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> people, uh, people dig it. I think it basically describes the book. You know, you want to know what it's about? That's, that's the ace right there. Yeah, absolutely. So you you mentioned that you've uh, that you that you're working with a couple of artists who have worked on CG books. So would you say that you are openly a Comicsgate person? Oh yeah, I've been writing with Comicsgate for three four years now. However cool. long it's been, it's time time seems to fly. <laughs> <laughs> and what is it that made you say, you know what, I'm Comicsgate, I'm in, and I want to do some books, uh, some Comicsgate books. Uh, you know, like I said, uh, I, you know, I had basically not really been keeping up with what was going too much on in the mainstream the last couple of years. Like I was picking up a couple of books here and there from DC mostly. Yeah. But then, you know, like I, I found Ethan's channel uh, mm -hmm. right when he launched it. Like I think I was, I saw the first video, first or yeah. second video. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I started kind of checking out what he was saying and I'm a big Green Lantern fan. So I was rocking with him and then he kind of turned me on to Zach. Yeah. Uh, so I discovered uh, diversity in comics and I started checking out his videos and he was really going deep, especially about what's going on in Marvel. It's like SJW yeah. stuff. And I'd been turned off to Marvel but right around the, the time he was saying that comics had fallen off, like around 2010. Yeah. So, so you know, a lot of stuff that he was saying made sense to me, but it, it really wasn't, yeah, I wasn't really fully on board with like everything he was saying. Because, you know, you got this random guy on Twitter, you know, I'm not really sure how legit he is, even though what he's saying makes sense, you know, you still got to you still got to verify, you know, I'm one of those people like, all right, I'll hear you out. But then I, I need confirmation. Yeah. And then yeah. everything went on with when John Malin, uh, mm. you know, basically ranted and exposed a lot of what was going on with, with uh, Marvel and, you know, people telling them, you know, if you voted for Trump or whoever, you know, they're going to remember, you know, this weird stuff. I'm like, that has nothing to do with comics, man. Now we're yeah. trying to make like how you know i love spider-man i love x-men mm. like wh wh why are, why are you talking about trump why are you talking about this weird politics stuff why are yeah. you bringing all this like uh you know stuff about uh you know uh creating these weird like heroes these sjw heroes and stuff and it, it really kind of just weirded me out like i didn't get it yeah and then like i said once mailing kind of confirmed what zach was going i'm like yeah I i'm not with this i'm not with the, this po political agenda i'm not with this forced uh diversity you know i'm puerto rican like you know like i'm cool you know but but i've been reading diverse comic books since the early 90s uh, yeah. you know you don't have to tell me about diversity you know like i said uh, the, the first explanation i picked up had storm and bishop on the cover that's yeah. like 93 or something like yeah. so it just didn't make no sense so after that you know mailing kind of confirmed everything i was like yeah i'm, I'm riding with, with this like we need to get this weirdos out of comics <laughs> 
So. <laughs> well, I mean, we do go to comics to uh, escape what's going on in the real world, not have it amplified at us. So I completely understand uh, where you're coming from. How how do your friends and family respond when when you say that you're comics gay, or are they oblivious to it? Do they not care about that kind of thing? Have you had any pushback? Is what I'm basically saying. No, but like I said, like. Uh, most of my family, you know, I have very little family here. Like, you know, it's only like really my mom, my sister, you know, my brother. So it's, it's just very, and they're all kind of into their own thing. So that's not like an issue. Uh, I did do have a couple of friends that grew up with comics and I've kind of introduced them to comics gate and stuff. And they, they, they feel the same way I do, even though they're not really online and stuff. Like I have yeah. my best friend who who loves comics, but he, he he's, he's offline most of the time. He doesn't really mess around with none of this. But the yeah. few friends that I have talked about, they pretty much agree that, you know, they just want good comics back, you know? Yeah. They want to have fun Spider-Man issues. They're not really interested in any of this other nonsense. Yeah, yeah. No, I can, I can completely understand that. So... Um... You haven't had anyone that's uh, like spoken to you when they found out that you're comic skate. They've been like, but they're a hate group or anything like that. Uh, no, I mean I've, I've run across a couple of randos on Twitter. Yeah, but, I you think know, we all come you, usually, them. usually, you know, like uh, I think with me it was a little different because I always had like my name and my face. Yeah, on, on my Twitter account. So anytime they they couldn't really pull the oh these these are all white supremacist stuff when they see like my Puerto Rican ass in my <laughs> avatar, you know, then it's kind of exactly uh, you know, before I went to like the Ace one, like so so the few conversation I'd have, you know, you know, you just run around like the 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 the, the people who are trying to get like clout from Comics Gate, you know, uh, the, the 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 I call them like the blue hair B teamers, you know, who's always trying to get attention. And after a while, while of dunking on them, there's just nothing of interest for me. So, like, uh, whatever. Cool, man. So, when did you first realize that you wanted to uh, be a be a writer for comics? Uh, originally, I wanted to be an artist. Uh, you know, I dreamt of being like working for Marvel. You know, I wanted to be yeah. the next uh, Jim Lee, Will Spartacio. But sadly, the artistic talent was not there at all. <laughs> you know. <laughs> For me, so by the time you know I finished up high school, I was like, "Yeah, that's not gonna happen." So you know, the dream kind of went away. But I've always been someone who uh, who liked creating. Like when I was younger, I used to have all, write all these short stories and create all these characters and their backstory and stuff. And even like through the years, as I was older, you know, I've had this like uh, story idea in my head for probably a good fifteen years. Yeah. And every once in a while, I'll just write notes to it. And even though I I, I never had planned to do anything with it. The idea of like having creative outlet was something I've always dug, you know, hmm. like I've always kind of written little notes and little, little stories and just for myself, not even anything else. So it's always something that's kind of always been in me. And like I said, once I discovered comics game, I saw, you know, I'm friends with a lot of first time creators and stuff, people who are hmm. doing their own comics and it kind of became real, you know, it became like, all right, yeah. there's a possibility. If you have a good idea, if you have, you know, some money, you have, you know, you can find the right artist, like you can make, you can make something and yeah. it had to be the right thing for me. Like I wasn't just going to put out whatever, uh, mm. you know, it had to be like something that I felt strong about that I felt was good. Yeah. And then, you know, I felt like really solid before introducing it to anybody. But yeah, like uh, once I kind of started messing around with this idea for the ace, it really kind of all fell into place, man. It felt nothing felt forced. Nothing felt like I was reaching for something. It just felt right. So that's why I kind of kept rolling with it. Awesome, man. Awesome. We're just going to take a quick look at the chat because Pops found son, the main man. Hell he yeah. says, how are you doing, Edwin? I'm good, Pops. How are you, really? And we also have Aria Blackness who says, woo, hail all. Hail, yeah. Aria. How the devil are thou, good sir? And Zachary has a question for you, Edwin. He says, what inspires you? Oh. As far as like when it comes to comics, you know, I love a, a good story, you know. Uh, I love yeah. something that really kind of uh, something new, something that really uh, go. Hmm, I haven't seen that take before. Yeah, you know, like I said, I'm a big Green Lantern fan. I read tons of Green Lantern stuff, but when I discovered the Jeff Johns, like I just love this takes on stuff. Even like he would he would retell uh, he retold the House Origin, and mm -hmm. that's been done before. Emerald Dawn too, you yeah. know, it's really kind of fun really good and he kind of took that but he gave it his own spin on it he just mm -hmm. leveled it up and i just remember seeing like 
you know, all these people are complaining about, oh, why are they doing House Origin again? They did this in the '90s, and I remember like, like it was, I think it was like six issues, six seven issues. Yeah. And I remember like three four issues in, everybody was like, oh, this is great, and I was like, yeah, that's why, because <laughs> when you have a good story, you can take some of the stuff that has kind of been redone, and when you give it your own unique spin on it, you kind of you get it. Yeah. And so yeah, that's stuff like that, man. Like I said, I I, I have uh, Jeff Johns. Uh, Blackest Night Director's Cut, where he actually has the script for oh, Blackest nice. Night number one. Nice. And that, that I've read that tons of times, just like trying to get inspired, trying to see how he breaks stuff down, how he talks to his artist and how he gives them room. Or then, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, Ivan, go nuts, do this, 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 you know, whatever you want. Then the next page, he'll be like, all right, I need detail. He'll break it down to the, to the letter. He'll be like, all right, I need this panel, this big, you know, he's doing this. And then, <laughs> You know that kind of stuff. I was like, "Oh, this guy, this guy's on his game, man." And the stuff like that's really like, "All right, that's where I'm trying to be at." You know, even though yeah. I'm, you know, that's that's wishful thinking, but you know, that's where I'm hoping to get to. You know, when I want to be able to, to, I don't know, maybe inspire somebody else who's kind of on the fence and thinking like, "Can I do this?" And they got some cool mm -hmm. ideas. Like, man, go for it, man. Try to make it happen. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. And like Green Lantern Rebirth is a really good place to go to for inspiration. I mean, I remember when that book first came out, I had so many of my friends calling me up. I would meet them up and the first thing they would say before even saying hello would be like, have you read Green Lantern Rebirth? Oh my God, it's fucking incredible. And they weren't lying. <laughs> so tell me, what would you say is your most interesting writing quirk? Hmm. That's a good question. Uh, as I haven't really talked to like uh, too many people about what their process is, mm -hmm. but I do tend to like write in like kind of uh, bunches, I guess you'd say. Okay. Like I'll lay stuff out and I'll take tons of little notes and stuff, but I won't actually sit down and write for like a long time. Like I'll just let something go. And then one day I'll just sit down and be like, I'll get it all out. Like I'll just like I I remember I did uh Ace Volume Two uh the script is already finished I think it was like twenty four pages yeah I had taken all these notes and one day I just sat down and I wrote out all twenty four pages dialogue everything Fantastic. and I just banged it all out but it just took forever like I was just taking little notes all right this happens all right yeah. it's cool and then I would just like kind of write little notes to myself and i figure like i've kind of noticed like i've written a couple other little things since then and i figure like i do it all like in bunches like like i'll take notes like and i say i won't even touch it and like you know I'll, one day i'll just get that hit and i'll just be like all right it's done <laughs> and every, everything just kind of comes out that i've been kind of building up this kind of like you know like i said i don't know if I, how other people do it too much because i haven't gotten too deep with other like creators about it but yeah. I, that's definitely something I've noticed about me. Like, like I, ha I have this like, like a buildup, you know, like little by little, and then one day I'll just sit down and be like, it'll just all come out on the page, and I'll be like, all right, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that, that's not a bad way of doing it, to be honest with you, because it means that you're doing a lot of development right up front, and it means you're clearly getting to a point where you're bursting with with a story that you feel so confident in that you can't help but just sit down and just smash out the script. You know that that sounds like a good thing to me. Yeah, so that's kind of uh, reading Zachary there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we got Yernesh Purden in the chat. He says, "Good evening, everybody. Good evening, uh, Yernesh. How the devil art thou, good sir?" Uh, Zachary says, "I'm with Edwin on the notes. I take brief notes and leave it for ages before coming back to it. Uh, help, helps wiggle out bad ideas. Yeah, like I said, I think it sounds like uh, like like a good process. I I can't see a problem with it whatsoever. So, what would you say is your writing kryptonite? What what is the one thing out there that if it tried to get in the way of you writing your story, you'd be like, okay, I'll put the story off. I'm going with this. Uh, honestly, it's just for me. It's time. You know, mm. I, I do need, I need, I do need quiet. I do need my phone to be off. I do need, you know, I do need kind of like a certain amount of just kind of like, all right, everything is kind of good for the next hour or two. Yeah. And that's hard, you know, especially when like, I'm used to having my phone, my, my laptop, the TV, you know, just like, it's just, you know, we kind of 
get inundated with so much stuff. So it is hard to yeah. kind of just be able to kind of, I'm the same way with comics though. Like anytime I read a comic, like everything has to be off. Like yes. I can't have anything off. I gotta be, if I'm gonna, like I just read uh, Doom Fate by Passion for Drawing. And like, I just had everything had to be off. I just got to like, all right, this is a thick book. I got to get, sit down and really <laughs> focus on it. Cause if not, like I've tried having like something in the background and stuff and it, it really, I can't concentrate at all. Like it's, it's bad. Like I'll just be like, I'll start reading it and then I'll go do something else and I can't yeah. really focus on it. And I, and I want to enjoy these books, man. Like I said, like back in the day, like I used to just, you know, we'd go to like uh, the little corner store. I'd grab a handful of comics, man. And I would just go into my room and lock the door and I would just like read them. Like I wouldn't do anything else for the whole day. Just read these comics two, three times and, and you know, get, get into the store, see what's going on. So that, that's always kind of been something with me when it comes to something like comics. Yeah. Uh, I really got to, I, I need the quiet. I need the peace. I, I don't need any distractions or anything. That's the only way I can really like enjoy them. I completely understand that both with uh, writing and reading them. Like if I sit down to read a comic, I want to know that I'm not going to be interrupted for a couple of hours because sure I may sit down and just read one issue, but then again, I could end up reading five or six back to back. So I want to know I've got a big window of time. And when it comes to writing comics, I like to get up as early as I possibly can. Sometimes it'll be seven o'clock in the morning. Sometimes it'll be six or even as early as five o'clock in the morning. Because I know once it hits noon, that's when shit is going to stop being quiet. So, so I like that big window of time early in the morning to like literally roll out of bed and then just get straight to the writing. So that by the time it hits noon, I've got enough writing done that I'm like, yeah, I'm okay moving on with the day and doing something else. But yeah, I'm not like that with drawing. When it comes to the drawing uh, side of it, I don't mind there being distractions or, or whatever. I quite like having music on. Uh, whilst I'm, whilst I'm drawing pages, so what would you say is the best money you have ever spent as a writer? Uh that's probably been my Chromebook. Uh, not like a a new thing or anything, but I I do. Uh, it, it does kind of you know I'm used to always doing stuff on my phone, so definitely again that helps me kind of relax and uh, you know kind of get. I find it. I do find the the writing a little easier. Mm -hmm. on it you know because like i said instead of just i usually take all my notes on my phone and save yeah. them and then, so then you know when i have my phone and i kind of kind of you know I, you, you read stuff enough times you kind of have it in your head it becomes yeah. easier to get it out on like the chromebook and stuff and kind of you know i'm hoping to hopefully you know get a new one and kind of help with the the camera on this one's awful this is most of the time I'm, I'm off camera the lighting is just weird like i'm like i need to upgrade this but hey it's been good to me so far so <laughs> hey can't grumble man can't grumble so yeah. would you say i mean some writers feel this way and some writers don't i i think it's more when it comes to writing the actual script rather than the development process and taking the notes uh would would you say that you feel that writing is akin to a spiritual practice that it's almost meditative in a, in a, in a way? Um, I wouldn't. Uh, you know, I grew up in church and stuff, and the kind of like more spiritual aspects. Uh, yeah, I've saved for other stuff. Writing is more just about, uh, you know, getting out these these thoughts, these ideas, these kind of like loose threads of stuff yeah. and really compacting into one tight kind of narrative. And so to me, it's all about kind of getting the kind of loose thoughts in your head and then kind of winding them down to something more tangible. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Awesome, man. Uh, when you, when you sit down and write a comic, what is the, the emotional effect you want the reader to have by the time they get to the end of one of your books do you want them to feel empowered do you want them to to feel very happy or sad or, or anything like that? do you have a particular emotion that you want the reader to feel when they get to the end of one of your stories uh i'm not sure if it's one emotion but i do i do want them to kind of like with volume one, you know, it's just about kind of introducing David to people and really kind of getting them interested in his story. Because hmm. it kind of is basically like, you know, all issue number one, especially for like an anger, would be mostly like setting up the background and then you set up the story and then, you know, you kind of get them primed for the next one. 
for, for like the, the second one that's gonna come after. So the idea is just kind of basically, all right, you got this cool armor and stuff and you got this giant shark guy and that's all cool, you know? But can I get him hooked in on David? Mm. Can I? Can you like David? You know, I believe in like having likable heroes. You know, yeah. regardless of what you, the the guy has to be, there has to be something about him. All right, I, I can rock with this guy. You know, I might not agree with everything he does, but he's coming from like a good spot. You know, can I hook you in on his backstory? Yeah. You know, can, can I? So, so basically, just worried about that. You know, this isn't like. It's not like a big like you know you're doing 130 some pages. This is like a hmm. it's like 32 pages, 28 pages of story. So it's kind of yeah. like it's like a limited amount, but you still want to have enough where you have a couple pages of action, but you also want to have, have a couple pages of like grounded kind of. And like I said, I have like a couple hmm. pages where David talks with his mom. Yeah, uh, you know, which is I think is like you know it's some of, it's kind of like two of my favorite pages of the whole thing. You hmm. know, it's like when he yeah, like reveals himself. To his mom and then they talk they have a like a conversation yeah. about stuff that's going down so i hope people dig that you know like that, that i want them to kind of be uh, get a little bit invested yeah absolutely. into david you know like uh, they'll dig the armor and they'll do the shark guy I, like i have no doubt about that yeah but i oh, want yeah. them to kind of stay for like david like, all right <laughs> david's cool i want to know more about him you know yeah, exactly. You want him to feel grounded and you want people to connect with him on some level. And like, what better way to get uh, like the reader to connect to a character than when you see their relationship with one of their parents? Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, so um, that's kind of what I, I'm really want. Because like, uh, like I said, I already have volume two written out and that one's a lot more. That one's kind of more balls to the wall kind of action. That one's more yeah. kind of like, all right, we set stuff up and we're really going to hit it in this one, you yeah. know, like we're going to take it to that next level. But the first one, I really like, like the, there's a lot of David, like I wanted him to be in a lot of the pages out of the costume. You know, yeah. you get it, you get plenty of him in the costume and doing like cool stuff and fighting a cool and stuff. But yeah. you, you definitely want stuff like finding out his backstory, you know, you see, you see some of the origin and you see some of his conversations with his mom and then, you know, so now, you know, you're trying to just figure out how to make him as a so when he's in the helmet and he's mm -hmm. talking in his dialogue, I've already set it up. So I don't have to like you know, I don't you don't have to worry that he's not out of the armor. I don't think he's out of the armor most of like volume two. I think he's mostly all in the armor in volume two. So but hopefully I've already set that up where you know. Yeah, awesome man. So <coughs> excuse me. Uh, do you see the Ace being an ongoing series, or do you have a definitive ending that you would like to reach at some point? Um, no, my dream is to make it an ongoing. I would love to just continue to tell stories with the Ace, and not just the Ace. Like I have cool stuff coming for like Akula. Like I've been working some of his backstory, Angelique. Cool. I think it's dope character, and I want to introduce more into this world and build this universe. So. You know, awesome. perfect universe. I would love to kind of, uh, you know, put one of these out a year and just keep, you know, just keep going and going deeper and deeper into these stories. Fantastic, man. Fantastic. Uh, Pancho says, I'm half Spanish and grew up in England. I don't speak much Spanish. I love it here, but sometimes I can feel a little lost culturally as a as a as a Puerto Rican. Do you have similar problems in the U.S.? I know. Uh, luckily, uh, I moved to an area where there's tons of Puerto Ricans. So it's cool. basically, you know, most of like I've got a large portion of the yeah. of the people here are all Puerto Ricans. So it's, it's, you know, it's pretty cool, man. Cool. So as a writer, would you rather be successful or great? And I guess what I mean by this question that I tend to ask a lot of the guests that I have on the show is, would you rather it be that, say, like in two, three, maybe even five years time, you know, the ace is doing well, you're making the money, you know, you're making enough to get by. You don't have to worry about paying the next bill. Or would you like it to be that, say, in a hundred years time or 200 years time, people are still picking up copies of the ace and going, man, this is a classic. This is exceptional. This is a lesson in how to write a good story. Uh I would love for people to, for this comic to outlive me. Yeah. That would be a dream. Hmm. You know, like I said, I believe we're all here for like a limited time. Yeah. And absolutely. aside from like, uh, 
aside from family, hmm. most of us will be forgotten. Yeah, and it'd be nice it'd, to have some sort of legacy. It'd be nice for something to 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 leave something yeah. behind. Like I think you know, one of the I'm a big music guy. Oh, great! And it's really sad, you know, when you see like tragic stuff, like mm. you know, like I'm a huge Queen fan. And oh, Freddie Mercury's yeah. been gone forever, you yes. know, like, but his music will live on when all members of Queen are gone, when there are no more concerts or nothing, that music will still live on. Yeah. People will still be talking about Live Aid. They'll still be talking about, you know, all their songs and everything. And, you know, they'll live forever. Yeah, absolutely. And, then, you know, even if no, no, there's that's like 1%. But if you can make, you know, something that, that people can still enjoy 50, 100 years from now, even if it's like a small percentage that they, you know, uh, their friends and their friends' friends will share and enjoy and they'll pass it on to their, if you can leave just a small mark on the world of bringing some joy and happiness, yeah. can't ask for more than that, you know, don't necessarily need the fame or the cloud or any of that, but something that really if you can add something to, to this world that's positive, I think that's really what we all should aim for. Yes, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. In the chat, we have Ginge Nidgerton, who says, Hello, everyone. Hell, good evening, Ginge. How the devil art thou, good sir? We also have Alejandro VS from the book uh, Columns of Creation, who says, At Lucifer Storm, how the devil art thou? I'm good, good sir. How the devil art thou? Uh, in fact, Alejandro will be back on the show on Monday. So make sure you check that one out, guys. And uh, Yernesh Purden says, Yeah, show must go on. And that is so true. It must go on indeed. So with your writing, uh, do you hide any secrets in your stories that only you and a select few people, like some close friends, will see and be like, ah, yeah, I get that, I get that. But most readers will just gloss over it. They won't think anything about it. Uh, there are some story points, like, for the ace that kind of like some you know, only my the close people around me that I've talked to the story know about that most yeah. probably won't get into like future issues. So cool, man. Cool. So if you had a a new writer approach you and they asked you for some advice, what is the bit of advice that you would give them that you really wish you had had when you started out writing? Hmm. don't force it probably the, the best bit of advice I can give any anybody working on any sort of project like I feel like and this is isn't a, to knock anybody but uh, I do feel like I'm seeing a lot of stuff that's being rushed out yeah stuff that people are just putting out because they, they have like a they think they have a hook like, oh I have this idea and let's just get this out like no you might <laughs> want to take your time with that even if the idea is good like yeah. I, I see like a rush like and, and that just that's bad man like trust me like if i would have tried to rush this out this would have been garbage like i had to go through the process almost two years from the initial idea to when i launched it was almost two years working yeah. on this and like yeah. it didn't really get good to like six months in <laughs> it's just a loose <laughs> idea of stuff that i needed to like you know pound out and then a year later it's finally ready for an artist to work on it then the yeah. artist took it to the next level and then the editing and then like this takes time man like i know you see you have this idea you want to get it out you're like oh man i'm good, good to go like indiegogo like <laughs> slow slow down brother slow down like oh, and that, yeah. that that goes to everybody i don't care how many books you've done how many successful campaigns just because you woke up one day and think you have the most genius and you know this is gonna make millions this is the greatest idea slow down because <laughs> people can tell when you put out rush stuff and it's yes. a turnoff to me like if i see something rushed i see something you haven't baked all of this you're just kind of putting it out you're not putting the thought and care that you put into your other stuff i sniffed yeah. that out a mile away and I, I want nothing to do with that especially we're charging like a premium and the yeah. thing is not everybody's gonna like our books not everybody's gonna like the ace not everybody's yeah. gonna like you know all you can do is like i i put everything i have into this yeah so Absolutely. whether if you hate it, you think it's the worst thing, 
I gave everything I got, brother. Sorry if you don't like it, but like I know that I put everything that I have into this, trying to make it as good as possible. It came uh, from like a real place. Yeah. And, and some of the stuff I'm seeing, especially lately, probably the last like, you know, maybe four or five months, mm -hmm. I'm seeing some stuff being put out and I'm just like, this this is rushed. This is you're just you're just reaching for something to put out right now. You need yeah. to put more care into this because people can tell. Yeah. Absolutely, because when that rising tide comes along, it lifts all the ships. But when it goes down, it also takes all the ships down with it. So I, I completely understand where you're coming from, man. Because you know, I've I've been there personally in the past where I've I've put out a book uh that I rushed and I regretted it big time. I used to turn up at like the conventions and I'd have all the books on display and there'd be that one that I'm trying to hide because I'm like, that's rushed. It's shit. You won't like it. And of course that's the one everyone gravitates to. And it's, it, it just, it just feels so soul destroying when you're there with that one book that you're like, Oh man, I'm ashamed of this. You want to be able to sit there and say, look, whether you fucking like it or not, I put my all into these books and I'm proud of every single last one of them, you know, because to me, stories, they, they kind of like wine. They, they need that bit of time to mature. Lady Satan, I came up with that concept about five years ago, but I didn't start working on the script till about 2019. You know, so it's it's worth holding off. I, I definitely agree with with that bit of advice that you've got going on there, man. So what would you say are some of the key themes and messages that you like to put, put into your stories, especially with the ace? You know, I'm kind of big on like, uh, you know, the hero's journey. Like uh, I'm big oh, yeah. on kind of like, you know, you have to care about yeah. anything that you're presenting. And, and I, you know, like I said, when you grow up on certain comic books, you know, like, uh, like my first hero was Spider-Man in a comic book form anyway. Hmm. Spider-Man was completely likable. He was this guy that you rooted for. He had like his hot model girlfriend and he had his, you know, his, his uh, grandma who, who, who wasn't, you know, his aunt May who wasn't, uh, you know, she, she was getting up there in age. So he was worried about her. And you had all these kind of things about, you know, he's working this job where his boss that he doesn't particularly like and stuff. So they, they fit in all these cool little angles, but you still yeah. like them and stuff, but he was likable when he was heroic and he, he he uh he risked his life even though he didn't have to you know yeah. he trained up younger heroes you know tried to mm -hmm. have them be the best they could be and he was really somebody you could aspire to be but he wasn't really he wasn't trying to be this guy he that's who he was you know he mm -hmm. gave he would talk to guys like dark hawk you know and try and get them on the right path not have them go down a darker path mm -hmm. you know sometimes he had to give them tough love but he could do that you know he Sp spider-man peter especially in the 90s he had a lot of different facets he's multifaceted yeah and he you know he could he he had anger in him but he's also kindness so he had all these different things and he's become so like they turn him to so soy and just weak <laughs> and, and just such a pathetic loser that, that nobody would want to ever be like you know you know like that to me is the opposite of everything uh hero should be hero should be somebody you admire they, they don't have to be perfect but you know they they have to come from a good place, especially if you're gonna follow their adventures and their family and get into what they represent. Oh, and, yes. You know he doesn't he doesn't have to lecture people. Yeah. You know like, but you know he if he had to be tough he had he was tough he had to be kind he was kind, he he was somebody that you could really you could understand where he came from. So you know, like I said, I'm just trying to make these heroes anybody that you represent, there has to be yeah. something about them that's likable. And yes. the one thing I've noticed for the last 10 years, there's a lot of heroes who'd be utterly unlikable. <laughs> yes. Yes, I could agree with that. Um, in the chat, Alejandro VS says, as an Italian living in the UK, I felt lost when I was in Italy, and so I left. If you're not as happy as you can be where you are right now, waste no further time and move. Uh, we have Silver in the chat. Hail everyone. Hail Silver. How the devil art thou? Good sir. Uh, Zachary says, as a Brit living in the UK, help, uh, which I can kind of understand. Uh, we also have uh, Brianna who says, Peter Parker is my spirit animal because like me, he can't shut up. 
<laughs> I've never heard uh, Peter Parker referred to as a spirit animal before, but I'm glad that you see him that way, Bree. Uh, Zachary has a question. He says, in the context of writing, is there anything you regret or would do differently? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think we're all looking to tell a perfect story, even though there's no such thing, even though like, but there's also, there's a point where you can tweak and rearrange and rewrite. And it becomes a point where you're just, you're actually hurting the story when yeah. you're just trying to make everything too perfect. Like, yes. look, you kind of, you have to let it flow. And, and, you know, sometimes you'll look back and be like, man, I wish, you know, I wish I could have, you know, added a little more here, you know, hmm. doing a couple of things, but you know, like it comes to a point where you, you got to let it go too. You know, you gotta, you gotta put this out. <laughs> like you can't just yeah. hold yourself tight where you're just like, you know, cause, cause, because there, there's no such thing. There's no perfection. You strive for it, but there, there isn't. So there, there is that that opposite. And as much as you want to take your time with it, you also you do have to get it out. You know, there, yeah. there's also you can't just hold on to this thing and just you know hold it. You know, I think I think uh, the guy from Game of Thrones is going through that right now. I yes. think I think he he's holding on to because he wants to get it perfect, brother. You gotta get this thing out, man. It's been <laughs> how many years? All these years now, like it ain't gonna get more, it ain't gonna get more perfect than it is. Put <laughs> yes. it out, you know. As long as it's not worse than the the finale, you know, you TV finale, you'll be good, man. Like it is what it is. At some point, you know. I, I get that, man. I get that. I used to know a guy who really wanted to write comics. And he was always so obsessed about about trying to make the story perfect. And he came to me one day with his concept, and it was like a really dope concept about like telekinesis and, and stuff. And when he explained it to me, I was like, dude, that sounds perfect already. And he kept going, no, it's not perfect yet. It's not perfect yet. And it was about three years later, he came back to me and said, okay, I've now made it perfect. He had completely changed the concept. He spent about three hours going into detail, beat for beat. Every line of dialogue was planned out. And at the end of it, he said, it's perfect, isn't it? And I was like, that's the prestige. That's all you've done. You've just ripped off the prestige and not even realized it. <laughs> you know? So I, I get where you're coming from, man. Like, yeah, you shouldn't like rush it out there. Like I said, it needs to mature like a fine wine does. But you've also got to give yourself a bit of a limit where you say, OK, it's got to come out at some point because perfection, aiming for perfection, I think, is a bit of a fool's errand personally. But that's just me. So what would you say were some of the key challenges you faced whilst writing the ace? Uh, you know, the, just like with any story, you know, there's always that doubt, you know, mm -hmm. there's always that doubt, you know, that, that creeps in, you know, this is my first comic. So I'm trying to do something I haven't really done before. So you're trying to see like, you know, is anybody going to care about this? Do mm -hmm. you know, you, you always, that, that second thought always kind of grips you after you've done something like, I got, I wrote the script and I'm like, you know, for a while there, I was kind of scared to like look it over because <laughs> I was just like, is this, this shit, am I going to, I just wrote this whole thing out. this like, it's going to be like bullshit. And I'm just going to be like, you know, I'm already, I'm already telling people about it. Oh yeah. Like I'm working on the script and I'm going to be like a jackass. <laughs> be like this fucking garbage. Get this out of here. You know, there's always that kind of stuff that you're kind of head plays with you, you know? Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, so, you know, it's that thousand of those things, you know, the only thing you can do is like, you know, like I said, I talked to, to uh, a lot of my, uh, the hardline crew over it. You know, these guys are creators and stuff, and, and they'll tell me something's bullshit, you know, which is yeah. one of the things we have with each other. Like, we're always kicking ideas and different. So yeah. we'll, 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 we'll kind of keep each other, like, in, a, like, a realistic kind of manner, you know? Nobody's trying to blow smoke. If, if something doesn't sound all that interesting, I'm like, yeah, no, you got to cook. You got to cook that some more, brother. You, you gotta, <laughs> that's not ready yet. So, you, you know, kind of like once you kind of get the story out and you start pitching in, you start kind of sharing some of the, the book and stuff with people and they're kind of like, all right, yeah, we'll see where you're going with this. Like, yeah, this, this makes sense. This is good. You know, like, yeah. are you kind of like, all right, and I can breathe a little easier and then can just kind of keep working on it. Because all you got to trust your instincts too. Like, mm -hmm. like I said, I've read tons of comics, so I'm trying to, I think I have a good feel if. I might not click with everybody's taste or whatever. I think I have a good feel for like the basic structure. Yeah. Of, of what works in a superhero comic. So, yeah. you know, 
Awesome, man. Awesome. So how did it feel when you saw that uh, the ACE was fully funded? Oh, man, it's like I could breathe, man. You know, like <laughs> people have no idea. Like, you know, I've been promoting this for a good bit. Got the mailing list out for a couple of months. I picked mm. the date out. And then, you know, a couple of days before all these campaigns start dropping. Next thing you know, <laughs> like, you know, Kenneth Rockefeller launches uh, Grokken. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> you know, like this is what I'm competing with. Like, you know, like here I am, you know, because I picked my date out. I figured a couple books will be out, but it's not going to be anything. And then, you know, you got like Kenneth Rockefeller dropping, then you got a couple other dropping. And you're just like, oh, I mean, it, was, it was nice knowing you guys. <laughs> you know, so it was, it, this was fun while it lasted, you know, and kind of thing, you know. Yeah. So, so, you know, when I dropped it and it did well the first day, I was like, this is this is awesome, man. I'm glad there's actually people out here who are supporting. And then, like I said, eight days later, it was funded, man. And that, that's that was brilliant. Amazing. It was just like, uh, that's awesome, man. That is so, amazing. So in the chat, uh, Silver says, I think you're either overthinking it or stretching it too far. And that's in relation to the whole, like, aiming for the perfect story. And, uh, yeah, I think there's there's definitely something to that. Uh, Zachary says, "Thinking it, overthinking is my middle name. Not literally. I just overthink a lot, sometimes yeah. intentionally. And I can understand that. I think that's something that's common in most writers, don't you? Like, we tend to overthink stuff. Yeah, because, you know, that's part of, like, being a creative person. You have to, like, when you're working on a story, you know, you, you can go different places. So your mm -hmm. mind can, all, you, you, you're good at already, all right, does this character go to the left or does he go to the right? Yeah. Does he stay in the center? Like, you can take us, like, I could take this story and rebranch it four or five different ways. So yeah. that comes with, like, how my brain works. So, of course, you're going to overthink it when you're just writing it out. You'll be like, is this the right decision? You know, did yes. they... Is this dialogue right? Like that just comes normally with, with that kind of, uh, you know, kind of uh, kind of mindset. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Alejandro VS says, "What makes a story perfect anyway? Anyone has different ideas of how a story should play out, how the characters should speak, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Perfection is unachievable in comics, and I completely, completely agree. One thing I will say though is every comic." that a reader picks up and says, this is perfect. They all have something in common. They were finished. So it's very important to get the story finished, to get the book finished. It cannot be even considered close to perfect until it's finished and in readers' hands. And to be fair, we don't get to decide what's perfect. The reader does. Uh, Ging Gingerton, he says, I like people that can jive like that when working together. It can be hard to edit people's stuff if you know they are going to get upset. God, yes, I've worked with a couple of people in the past who were very easily upset, and that did not last long. <laughs> and uh, Silver says, at some point, beating the dead horse for laughs has diminishing returns. Spot on, Silver. Absolutely spot on. Uh, so how have you found marketing the ace because i know for some people when it comes to marketing a campaign uh th they go into it thinking this is going to be a breeze and then they're all of a sudden they're hit with that harsh reality of oh my god this is a lot of work <laughs> were you uh fully prepared for the for the marketing or did you learn a lot from doing the marketing for the campaign uh i mean you're always learning uh yeah so but as far as like, you know, it's hard, you know, like I have a regular job, you know, yeah. that I work and I'm only available in certain times when I'm working the regular job yeah. and you got to kind of get fit in with other people who are promoting. And then, you know, there's certain people that you're cool with, certain people that you're not cool with. So that kind of cuts yeah. off some of the avenue. But, you know, like I said, I, I try to, I try to be good, cool with most people. I think you know, most people are, have been cool with me. So. You know, I've been can't complain about people have been open to having me on. You know, I, I host my my own shows and my own YouTube channel and stuff. It's not a big channel or anything, but mm. you know, like I, I've always been someone who's looked out to support people. Like I back tons of campaigns. People know where I come from, yeah. even if they don't agree with everything that I say or who, mm. who I like. You know, I think they know that I come from a legitimate place. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, like I said, it's just about grinding. Really, at this point, you know, getting yeah. the word out. 
Yeah, absolutely, man. And I just want to remind everyone who's watching that pinned to the top of the chat, there is a link to the campaign for the ace. On top of that, you will find a link to the campaign in the description box down below, along with Edwin's Twitter and YouTube channel. So please consider following him on Twitter and subscribing to his YouTube channel. And also take a look at his campaign, because I tell you what, I think after this show, I'm going to have to head on over and change the fact that I haven't backed it yet. Don't you worry, Edwin, I got your back on this one oh, awesome man thank you <laughs> anytime man anytime i'll just yeah, like I, like i always say to the people like you know I, I appreciate the support like uh everybody who backs it i want you to back it i want to get this in as many people's hands as possible mm -hmm. this is like my dream come true you know yeah. I, so i you know like i said i want people to enjoy it and then see the cool art i think like, everybody's yeah. done tremendous work on this all the artists have blown it out the water if you don't like it, it'll be because of the writing. I, I, the, the art won't let you down, brother. I guarantee you that. That's how, that's something I can actually guarantee, you know, like you'll, you'll love the art on this, you know? Yeah. Hey man, like, like seeing like those pages and the cover on the campaign, this is a book that looks like it could, could, it could sit on the shelves with some of the stuff that Marvel and DC have done in the past and it wouldn't look out of place. And that's a really good thing. There is a, a hugely professional uh, look to this book and I really, really dig that, man. And I'm sure everyone else who's backed the book will dig it too. Yeah, man, thank you. But yeah, and, like uh, the other thing is, is like real quick, uh, you know, yeah. you know, the, the spreading the word is really something that's big for like a smaller campaign like this. So if yeah. you're on social media, if you're, you know, if you're, if you're big, you, if you got a big following on Facebook and you're cool with a bunch of comic book fans who are looking for comics, you know, share out the link, you know, like spreading the word. Not everybody sees Twitter, Twitter, yes. Twitter, those funky stuff with algorithm. Like, you know, <laughs> th there's people who I follow that I never see their tweets. You know, yes. I have to look at their profile to see if I'm still following them. And then I'll, I'll see all these tweets. I'm like, I have seen none of these tweets, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like yes. there's some weird stuff that goes on with Twitter. So just share it out, retweets, all that kind of point your people to it. If you're on mind or whatever, you know, yeah, it yeah, all helps. Def definitely. The amount of times like I've been on Twitter and like, you know, someone's put out a post and they've tagged myself and a bunch of other people. And I'm thinking, why do you do that? Because surely I'll see it in the feed. And then I realize, oh, no, I won't. That's why they've done it. <laughs> you know? uh, Aleandro VS says, way to sell the writing. <laughs> and Zachary says, it doesn't matter if everyone reads the book and how popular it is. If the author is lying and not staying true to themselves and ideas, you failed and it's not perfect those are beautiful beautiful words to live by uh silver says well i'm glad lucifer storm made me sound smart but that was totally just us cross-talking in chat <laughs> uh he also says uh zachary says bold of lucifer to assume the campaign isn't already open in a separate tab <laughs> hey good man good man that's what i like to hear uh Alejandro VS says, I personally don't read comics, not a second time anyway, that aren't well written. I don't mind bad art, but bad writing is just a death sentence for me. Do you feel the, the as, as a writer, do you feel the same way? Do you feel that the, the writing is just that little bit more important? Like you can forgive bad art, but you can't forgive bad writing. Uh, I don't actually. Um, I think bad art is unforgivable. I don't care how good the writing is. But you know, I grew up in the in the nineties. You kind of understand that. Oh, yes. Oh yes. <laughs> you know, you understand that. You know, like you, you can write the greatest story of all time. If I can't get past these weird, funky looking panels, I'm like, yeah, sorry, brother. It's gonna go on the read later pile. But if you got <laughs> badass art, you know, like hey, you know, even if the, it's mid writing, I can still enjoy. You know, I've got plenty of issues that I've that I've kept just because of the great art. Comics are different, you know, that's that's the thing. Yeah. If you want to write a novel, you can go ahead. But yeah, you know, absolutely. like Jeff John's Green Lantern isn't as good if Ethan Van Skyver's Re Green Lantern Rebirth art wasn't as amazing as it is. It's I just that's the reality of comics. And you know, that doesn't mean like you know, I'm I'm phoning in the writing or, or anything like that. You know, I put everything I have in this, but again, yeah. I can't control how people take it. You can, yes. you know, I that's that's something that you also have to be make peace with, I believe. Yeah, you know, absolutely. like you put your all into it and, you know, like you try to make the best possible yeah. thing you have. But there's stuff that this is my first comic. There's stuff I'm learning. 
Yeah. You know, I hope I'm better. I think I feel stronger about the second one. And hopefully I feel stronger about volume three. And I'll feel stronger about volume four. And I'll keep feeling strong each volume. But I feel like, all right, I'm continuing to, to do the best. And I'm learning from maybe things I went wrong in the first volume. You know, like I'm hoping that that's where, that's where I want to do. That's what I'm striving for. You know, because I can't do anything about one thing I, I can do a guarantee about these books is they can have the best art possible. Yes. You know, I think that's, you know, for the most part, art really isn't comic book art really isn't that subjective. You might have stuff that you prefer, but when you see like that badass Donald DeLay and Theo Gonzalez cover, I don't, I think that kind of transcends anything else. You might not even like sci-fi, you know, you might not, that might not even be your thing, but you see that cover, you kind of go, oh, that's kind of cool, you know? <laughs> so like, I think comics are just like different. Hey, that's fair enough, man. That's fair enough. I mean, uh, we got Alejandro in the chat again. He says, I disagree. Comics are a visual medium, but they are written nonetheless, so they have to be written well, just like you would e expect decent writing in a movie. And I get where Alejandro's uh, coming from at the end of the day. I, I think it's a case of each their own. Personally, I can forgive bad art as long as the writing's good. But like you just said, the, the writing's got to be badass for you. And that's okay, because it's one of those things where no one's right, no one's wrong. It's it's just subjective. It's 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 opinion, you know? Um, Zachary says, is it time for the question, Lord Lucifer? Soon. Soon, Zachary. The question's coming up very soon, and I know exactly which question he's referring to. In fact, it's a couple of questions away, because we're slowly coming to the end of the show. So... Edwin, if you had to describe yourself or your work in three words, no more, no less, what would those three words be? Describe myself? Yourself or your work? Uh, let's see. Uh, and so if I'm describing myself, you know, I'd say uh, passionate, opinionated, and, uh, you know, a hard ass. <laughs> 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 you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, <laughs> anybody who's argued with me on Twitter will tell you that. <laughs> what about your writing? Uh, what what three words would you use to describe your writing? Uh, I'm not sure I have three words, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping it's hopeful. I'm hoping, you know, that, you know, that, that there's something more than like, uh, more something more than than meets the eye like i said like i you know as fun as the story is it's about this guy in armor fighting a bounty hunter shark guy yeah i try to put it underneath you know try to make it the story of david hmm. and him trying to figure out what stuff about his life and you know like i have this little short story i've already done i don't know exactly where it's gonna go mm -hmm. but it gives you like a little short origin story about like you know, like when he was younger growing up and stuff that I think gives you like a, another kind of layer to him. Cool. But, you know, like I said, I'm still in the process of figuring out, you know, what kind of writer, you know, I'm going to be and kind of hopefully I'll keep evolving and figure that out. Awesome, man. Awesome. That's what I like to hear. So listen, we, we, we're going to be wrapping up the show soon. I've literally got two more questions to ask you. Uh, first of all, I want to say to everyone in the chat, thank you so much for being here and, and interacting in the chat. And I just want to remind them all as well, in the description box down below, there are links to Edwin's Twitter youtube and his campaign for the ace and you can also take a look at the top of the chat there's a pinned comment which has a link to his campaign for the ace and edwin this has been an absolute pleasure and i so hope we get to do this again at some point in the future yeah definitely it's been fun cool man so before we go i need to ask you these two questions the first one being do you believe in writer's block and if so what do you do to overcome it uh, yes, I definitely believe in writer's block. Uh, you know, for, for me, the, the, the way that I've managed is I, I gotta put, I gotta put it to the side and it yeah. comes back to not forcing stuff. If it's not there and if you're not figuring out what's next, don't, don't force what's next. You know, yeah. I, I let it breathe and then I'll keep working on the notes. And usually if I do enough notes and I do enough kind of like exploring and I kind of do enough kind of like little by little, it'll start revealing itself. And then, like I said, it'll be like a wave. I'll just continue to just go 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 but yeah if the moment you hit that wall you, you gotta stop and you gotta breathe and you gotta just be all right i gotta yeah take a lap and just 
let, 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 let what's next come naturally. Yeah, because it, it's very easy to kind of get into that that mindset of I must be continually working on this book, and that's true to a certain extent. You st- the breaks are just as important as the work itself, and if you don't have those breaks, you you very soon hit a wall or you find yourself burning out. So I completely get where you're coming from, man. And the final question, which is Zachary's favorite question, this is the question he was referring to in the chat. And I got to admit, it's my favorite question too. I think this would be a very different show without this question. Do you believe that there's much truth to the idea of the tortured artist? You know, like, have you picked up certain books, read them, and thought, man, you know, this just didn't seem to have heart and soul in it. And then you've picked up other ones where it's just been absolutely incredible an experience reading that book. And it's made you think, well, why why is that? Is it because this person hasn't really had like much going on in their life, whereas this one's been through hell? Um, I don't know if I'd say a tortured artist per se, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do believe like your background kind of, you know, leads to kind of the stories that, that you're right and how, how kind of deep you can get into them. You know, somebody who's been through stuff in life can kind of maybe express and, and use the dialogue and use a, have a way to kind of give you like a closer insight to kind of deeper stuff than somebody yeah. who's just trying to fake it and has never gone through anything. Mm. So the, the, I think I believe your personal experiences kind of play into kind of a, some, somewhat of your ability to be able to portray different stories. Awesome, man. Awesome. See, I love that question because everyone gives a different answer. It's never one of those yes, no kind of things. And there's a general consensus. Everyone seems to have their, their own interpretation on it, regardless of their answer. So I really, really did get into ask people like yourself that question, man. Awesome. This has been an absolute pleasure, Edwin absolute pleasure and i love what i'm hearing about the ace and like i said after this show i am going to be getting my credit card out and backing it and my credit card is going to cry and say no please (laughs) you're overusing Uh, me trust me i I was crying earlier today uh, after i had to make a payment but you know (laughs) it's all worth it in the end you know it's like uh in the end like when when you get you know like there's i'm I'm probably gonna tweet this out later be like you know there's no there's few feelings I've had over the last couple of years that have been better than when I get new pages from an artist and you're just like, this is awesome. This is something that I wrote down on a page and I sent to this guy and he just turned it into like this badass like image. And that, that, that that's one of the really good like feelings to like wake up to. So, yeah. Absolutely, man. Uh, before we go, Zachary in the chat says Charles Bukowski probably believed in tortured artist. If it doesn't come bursting out of you in spite of everything, don't do it. <laughs> and Silver says sometimes you've got to power through and sometimes you've got to take a break. And that's so true and uh ginge says well done lucy great job edwin have a great day chat thank you very much ginge that's absolutely awesome of you in fact just just before we go i'm just going to throw in this extra question where do you see the the in the indies heading in the future do you think the the market and uh, the indies is is going to get stronger as time goes on do you think there's going to be a few hurdles that the indie scene is going to have to face along the way uh, I think it's really up to uh, the creators mm-hmm. to see where it goes. I believe the market can grow. I believe this thing can continue to just level up as the mainstream continues to to destroy itself. Yeah. But, you know, we have to get books out Hell yeah. on time. We have to give people the best bang for their buck that we can. And, you know, there has to be kind of like a lot of the nonsense kind of needs to stop and people need to focus yeah. on just making good books and getting them out on time create cool stories get them in people's hands mm-hmm. we do that. you know think of brian polito the best example yes possible forget about everybody else polito is on target couple oh, projects yeah. every a year gets mm-hmm. them in people's hands his his money grows his backers grow yeah. he grows that's what everybody should be on get the books out get them in people's hands create onto the next one no drama no bullshit and that's yes. what uh, that's what this movement needs to to get to Good man, good man, completely 
agree with you there. Well, guys, this has been absolutely great. And like I said, Edwin, I hope that you come on again at some point in the future, either once the campaign is over or when you're starting the campaign for your next book. Hey, you hit me up anytime. I'm sure I could fit you on this show somehow, some way, my man. And I just want to say to everyone in the chat, thank you so much for joining us this evening. This has been an absolutely great show. And thank you for all your questions and comments in the chat. You are wonderful people. Don't let anyone tell you any differently i'm going to be back tomorrow and i'm going to be joined by and i hope i pronounce his name right ross bamfield i believe that's how it's pronounced but he's going to be joining me tomorrow we're going to be talking to him about his book shadow obsidian i'm really looking forward to that so guys that leaves me with nothing else to say except for until next time take care of yourselves take care of each other most importantly and i i just i cannot stress this enough Stay safe.